from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Graham, VK4BB. It is December 25, 2016. This is the VK National News Broadcast from VK1WIA. We at the WIA start with happy and holy Christmas greetings to all WIA news listeners and particularly our rebroadcasters, some 64 scattered across the globe. And not forgetting viewers of the ATV rebroadcast. That's broadcast by Tony VK7AX, available via several Tassie repeaters and kindly streamed via BATC.TV website. Although our WIA office has closed for the holidays and reopens Monday, January 23, this WIA National News will be produced right through the holiday period. Check with your local rebroadcaster as to retransmissions in your area. And remember, news is available in a free podcast by following the prompts on wia.org.au. Hi, this is Dick Smith, VK2DIK, and good morning to all the listeners of the VK1WIA broadcast. I wish you all the very best and look forward to maybe talking to you on the air. For the WIA National News Broadcast, this is Dick Smith, VK2DIK. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD for the WIA. It's been a big week. WIA Treasurer Chris Hendry resigned last Sunday, followed by Directors Andrew Smith, VK6AS, and Paul Simmons, VK5PAS, and Assistant Treasurer Jeff Tuppenhauer, VK5IU. This leaves five WIA Directors, which is the minimum required number on the board of the WIA. The remaining Directors are myself, Fred Swainston, VK3DAC, Ewan McLeod, VK4ERM, Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, and Robert Broomhead, VK3DN. The WIA will continue to operate with these five directors up to the time of the next AGM in May, when all members will get a chance to choose the entire WIA board in a proper democratic process. So, the five remaining directors will vacate their positions on the board at the next AGM and members will decide the entire composition of the next board. Members can be confident that the WIA will continue to do the things it does, such as publish AR Magazine and the other publications, deliver the exam service, operate the office, and continue with all the member services, including call sign recommendations, weekly broadcasts, contests, repeater and beacon applications, the club insurance scheme, and so on and so on. The AGM, to be held in May in Handorf, South Australia, will proceed as planned. Finally, the Board acknowledges the valuable work carried out by Chris Henry as Treasurer, resolving many of the financial issues during his tenure. The Board will complete the annual financial return using qualified contractors and has committed that the financial review for 2016 will now be upgraded to a full audit by the WIA's appointed auditor. In the period up to the AGM in May, when the new Board will take control, the current board will not be making any policy decisions that may affect the future operation of the WIA. The current election process has already commenced as normal, with nominations called for in the December copy of AR magazine. 
If you have the skills and desire to lead the WIA into the future, we encourage you to submit your nomination in writing and send it to the returning officer at the WIA office. Finally, season's greetings. Have a great Christmas and a Happy New Year and please get on air and do what this great hobby is supposed to be all about. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD for the WIA. We continue with news from the WIA and the WIA continues its successful amateur radio accredited assessors program of license assessments and call sign recommendations. This under a deed with the ACMA. However, a lot of misinformation is circulating about the WIA assessors and learning facilitators, and even the validity of the Australian amateur license exams. Recently, the ACMA deed that underpins the WIA exam service has been wrongly interpreted by some, although it had been explained earlier by the WIA. The deed with the Commonwealth sets out the conditions of how the WIA manages examinations, the issue of certificates of proficiency and call sign recommendations. Periodic reports on it include KPIs, which measure the performance of the WIA along with its meeting of Commonwealth's cost recovery guidelines and the maintenance of standards. The deed requirements have been met. The WIA assessments are valid and will continue while the current structure is in place. So let's have a look at the history of how it began. The WIA, led by then-President Michael Owen, VK3KI, Silent Key, signed a deed of agreement with the ACMA in 2009 to formalise the contractual arrangement which included that the WIA would later also give callsign recommendations. After running successfully for some time, it became evident that maintaining a registered training organisation for the WIA was not realistic, this due to the high cost. The WIA brought the issue to discussion meetings with the ACMA and the exam instructions were changed to allow for flexibility in the WIA's amateur radio exam service. This means the WIA training is compliant as long as the assessors and learning facilitators continue to meet the ACMA and WIA agreed standards. The WIA is not in breach of the deed as has been claimed. Some members have commented the Australian Securities and Investment Commission has issues with the WIA's financial processes and is investigating the WIA. The WIA president has discussed the matter with ASIC and referred several queries to the WIA's auditor for clarification. The queries were in relation to building depreciation, treatment of subscriptions in advance and the independence of the auditor. The auditor subsequently contacted ASIC and has advised that its representations were fully accepted and no further correspondence is required on the matters raised. Suggestions have been made that the WIA incurred ASIC fines and to the board's knowledge the WIA has never incurred an ASIC fine or late payment fee. However, a company known as Amateur Radio Proprietary Limited was registered in 1970 this in order to protect the name Amateur Radio from possible use by other organisations. The directors of Amateur Radio Proprietary Limited were past WIA directors and at least one past secretary, but the current WIA directors were not made aware of its existence. This company has not paid recent registration fees, but as the name was important to the WIA, being the name of our hobby and of our journal, the WIA board made a decision to pay the late payment fee of several hundred dollars in order to prevent Amateur Radio Proprietary Limited being deregistered. Now, how about relations? At this time of the year, we've all got relations. 
Well, the relationship between the ACMA and WIA through the relevant subcommittee is extremely good. Regular discussions take place with ACMA staff on a number of topics related to WIA operations and functions. These include regulatory and licensing, repeaters and beacons, license conditions, etc., etc. Current discussions with the ACMA include the outcome of WRC 15, the WIA's response to the draft update of the Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan, future changes to the amateur license condition determination, changes to the procedure for the licensing of repeaters and beacons and other operational issues that arise quite frequently. Under the deed with the ACMA, the WIA is required to make regular call sign and assessment service reports. Now, owing to the lack of a treasurer at critical times and the need to embark on a mission of discovery following the resignation of previous treasurers, a couple of these deadlines were missed. The 2015 financial report to the ACMA was prepared by the President in early 2016. Strategies are now in place to improve the timing of ACMA reporting. This is the WIA News from the WIA, home of the good guys. Special exams part of the WIA exam service. A teenager who is legally blind has been successful at a special assessment for the foundation licence. The WIA, through its nominated assessors, makes amateur radio licence assessments available to people who do have a disability. Nominated assessor Eric VK2VE said a 13-year-old sat their foundation assessment Saturday, December 17, and was found to be competent. Eric said he had the help of two other assessors, Graham VK2FA and Adam VK2YK. The assessment included the use of several model antenna made by Adam VK2YK especially for the occasion. It also had braille, text and audio measuring devices to supplement the assessment. He said, We did the assessment for the candidate. He was successful in both parts, managed fine with the practical test, was quite confident on air and also with the written paper. Eric went on to explain that the same level of knowledge under the relevant syllabus had to be demonstrated and assessed. Inquiries about these assessments may be made to the WIA exam service or a WIA nominated assessor. Good morning, this is David VK5 Kilo Charlie on behalf of the group organising the 2017 WIA annual general meeting. The venue is Handorf in the Adelaide Hills, about 30 minutes drive from Adelaide and will be held over the weekend of the 19th to the 21st of May 2017. All are invited to attend the weekend, although only financial members may vote at the AGM. Friday night will be an informal gathering. Saturday morning will be the AGM and open forum. The afternoon will focus on a series of technical presentations highlighting the best of the amateur service in VK5, followed by a discussion on enthusing new and old amateurs alike. Morning, afternoon tea and lunch will be provided. Two partners tours will be offered on the Saturday to showcase the Adelaide Hills. Saturday night will be a gala dinner with guest speaker. On Sunday we offer a visit to the National Motor Museum at Birdwood or a hosted trip to operate parks and peaks, or you may just spend the day visiting the large range of shops in Handorf. Sunday night will be a barbecue at the local football club, fully supplied by the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. 
All details and registration are on the WIA website. Details of presenters will be released shortly. So mark in these dates, 19th to the 21st of May 2017 in your diary. Come along, renew old friendships and make some new ones. 73. This is David for the WIA AGM Organising Group. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Foundations of Amateur Radio Last week over dinner, I was chatting with a friend about amateur radio in a discussion about things that take your fancy. I was attempting to explain what it specifically was about this hobby that keeps me coming back. I talked about invention, about exploration, about fishing and catching that elusive station, but looking back over that discussion, it occurred to me that none of that is what does it for me. Sure, those things are part of it, but that's not what makes me turn on my radio, what has my face light up in delight, or allows me to get out of bed in the middle of the night to explore the bands. A brief phone call with another amateur to wish him happy birthday twigged me to what's going on. He asked me, what's new in your world? And my answer, innocuous at best, was, well, last weekend I heard a Japanese station from my QDH. In the past I've mentioned that I've made many contacts with Japan, looking at my log, 63 of them on 10 and 15 metres, so the fact that I heard Japan wasn't particularly special. I don't recall the band on which I heard the station, so that's not it either. What was different was that I heard it at home, my QDH the place where there is S7 or higher noise all the time, where I cannot put up a full antenna and make do with a dipole in the garage and a single band vertical on the roof. Looking back at the conversation, it occurred to me that what I like about amateur radio is the unexpectedness of it, the surprises that come your way, like little gifts waiting to be unpacked. It reminded me of a journey coming back from a club meeting last year when I spent the time going through the entire frequency range of my radio. There's quite a bit to visit. The radio in the car does 100 kHz through to 56 MHz as a single range, then has several other ranges. My handheld is capable of 500 kHz through 999 MHz. Between the two, I have the ability to pick up most of the stuff that's around. If that's not enough, there are many online radio receivers to connect to using all manner of different tools. The simplest to get running is probably Web SDR, where you visit a web page and pick out the frequency you want to hear. All this RF activity is happening all around us all the time. There's the local Top 40 radio station, the talkback shows, the local community stations, single frequency specialist broadcasters, the local public transit authority, etc, etc. You never know what you're going to find and what you're going to hear. Many amateurs I speak to started off as shortwave listeners. I had a shortwave radio when I was growing up, but it never much did anything for me. Now that I'm an amateur and I understand what's happening to make those distant signals arrive at my ear, I'm becoming the shortwave listener I never was. That's what I like about amateur radio. Unexpected gifts being shared across the globe from people, cultures and experiences that bring us all together. For me, amateur radio is about the thirst for curiosity, the never-ending supply of wonder and the joy in hearing them arrive unannounced at my doorstep. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. 
Radio. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK6, this can be heard on HF and the linked VHF, UHF and IRLP repeater networks on Sunday morning and evening. I'm Andrew, Victor Kilo 6, Alpha Sierra. Wishing our listeners the very best for Christmas from all of us here at the WIA News Service. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. And around the world, balloon carrying 434 MHz and APRS that was built by Bristol students has successfully crossed the Pacific and reached Alaska. After launch on December 11, 2016, the balloon achieved a stable altitude of 15.2 kilometres, flying in an easterly direction on its potential circumnavigation of the globe. Another high flyer is Whiskey Bravo 8 Echo Lima Kilo, and this balloon has now completed its second lap around the world. After flying for over 41,000 miles, the WB8ELK HFWSPR Skytracker balloon has completed its second lap after crossing over into Indiana on the 12th of December 2016. For those of you capable of listening to 20 metres WSPR mode, it transmits at the 4 minute and 6 minute marks every 10 minutes on 14.09560 MHz USB during daylight. Blur Drummer Passes Advanced Essex-born radio amateur Dave Roundtree, 2 Echo Zero Delta Victor Romeo, has passed his advanced exam and is now Mike Zero India Echo Golf. David, who is a drummer with the rock band Blur, earned his first amateur radio foundation licence Mike 6 Delta Romeo Quebec in March 2012, and from there progressed to intermediate and now advanced. In August, he gave the presentation A Hacker's Guide to Satellites at the Electromagnetic Field Event EMF 2016 in Guildford. The video of his talk can be seen at the link we like in this week's news for Australian radio amateurs on wia.org.au. A new electric storage method is claimed to make batteries redundant. The supercapacitors with a new plastic electrolyte could be up to 10,000 times more powerful than existing batteries. For example, they can fully charge a mobile phone or laptop in seconds. British scientists at the Surrey and Bristol universities claim to have developed high-density supercapacitors to replace batteries. It could also make popular electric cars, overcoming their current low appeal of limited range and long recharging times. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with news about the VHF UHF Field Day coming up. Yes, folks, no sooner have we finished the 2016 spring event, but the 2017 summer VHF UHF Field Day follows hot in its heels. It's over Saturday the 14th and Sunday the 15th of January. That means we'll be right in the middle of the annual Ross Hole Memorial VHF UHF contest. So, two events for the prize of one. The general idea is to take your gear out to some suitable location and operate portable. The fun comes in making contacts and accumulating points. Not to mention reducing the weight you have to carry back by consuming all the food and beverages you took with you. Responsibly, of course. Home stations are just as welcome to participate. The rules are the same as for the spring contest just passed. There are still two divisions, Division 1 based on grid square scoring and Division 2 for distance based scoring. 
Operators can enter a log for either 24-hour operations or 8-hour operations. You need to decide your strategy beforehand. Of course, Murphy and the weather might curtail what was to be your 24-hour operation, in which case you can recover something by submitting a log for 8-hour operations. The four contest subsections continue the new approach with single band, four band, all bands and digital operations. Part of the purpose of this is to provide something for newcomers to amateur radio as well as field day newbies and to cater specifically for foundation and standard licensees. Marshalling the requirements for a single band operation, or perhaps two, three or four bands, is not a daunting task. A founding principle of the field days is to go out and have fun, so these categories can provide a taste of that. To up the pace of contacts, the repeat contact period is two hours. There has been more spectacular DX on the VHF-UHF bands in the past week, and, hopefully, that will return in mid-January for the field day. You'll find all the details on the WIA website under the Four Members drop-down menu. Select Contests, then click on the VHF-UHF field day links in the left-hand menu. The dates again, Saturday the 14th and Sunday the 15th of January. Don't forget that the special event call sign, VI2SYD75, will be on the air through to the 31st of December. Time slots for using it are still available. Check out the St George Club website, sgars.org. Best wishes for the season and great DX for 2017. Advocacy, education, support, that's what we do. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2 8 for VK1 WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Ham radio operational news, it's a contact sport. We now take a final look at some weekend net activity from VK4. Saturday evening, Darling Downs Net, VK4 WID Net Control, 3587 kHz from 0930 hours Zulu. Sunday morning, Weiss and Queensland Net, 7075 kHz from 2230 hours Zulu. Sunday evening, North Queensland Net, VK4 WIT Net Control, 3605.4 kHz from 0930 hours Zulu. Sunday evening, Dolby and Districts Net, 3585 kHz from 1000 hours Zulu. Merry Christmas. Over the past few weeks we have told you of the sand operations and in particular the elf hunt. The elves at OF9X have captured more than 20,000 QSOs. When sand arrives on American soil, activating W1-OF9X from New Hampshire, he then will be awarding his sleigh, say goodbye to America as W7-OF9X from Tacoma, Washington State. Working Santa from these two U.S. locations adds 25 points each to the Santa Award program as compensation for Mother Nature's poor propagation. Oh, and Santa can talk to you and your children daily starting at 20 hours UTC via video stroke audio streaming at the link we like in this week's text edition of the Australian Amateur Radio News on wia.org.au. The popular elf hunt has put hundreds of DXs in arms going for all band slots on a variety of bands. See Club Log for the current scoring situation. As an interesting point here in Oceania, first place is VK2KJJ and second is VK3EW. Matt, VK1MA will be active as VK9NM from Norfolk Island, I heard reference OC005, until the 26th of December. Unfortunately, you can't QSL by the Bureau but can use Logbook of the World. The Treaty of the Danish West Indies. 
A special event throughout 2017 celebrates the 100th anniversary of the United States Virgin Islands. The EDR Ham Radio Club of Skanderborg will use the call sign OZ100DVI from January 1 until December 31. It marks the centenary of the Treaty of the Danish West Indies, sold to the USA and renamed the Virgin Islands. OZ100DVI will be on all bands and includes further activity from St Thomas Island on the Lake Skanderborg. The Holy Land X group will vector as 4X07W from around 7 hours GMT on the 23rd of December until 1200 hours on the 24th. They will operate SSB and CW with two stations from the Israel National Park and the UNESCO World Heritage Site of Bad Guvrin, QSL via 4Z5LA. Media Watch. Remember, VK2WI News will be a morning only transmission with the usual morning lineup. VK1WIA followed by VK2 News plus the AWLDX News. The transmissions will be at 10am EDST, being Christmas Day, New Year's Day and the 8th of January. The evening transmissions resume on Sunday the 15th of January. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ in Ingham, and before I go this week, I'd like to wish everybody a very merry and happy and holy Christmas for 2016. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6CSW, reminding you that we'll be back again in February. On behalf of the RAOTC committee, may I wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and thank all of you for your support and callbacks during the past year. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News, the last one for 2016, being broadcast on Christmas Day. And following, if indeed you are listening on Sunday, perhaps you've even got some uh, others around the radio and introducing them to the hobby. So double points for you, and I'm sure there'll be an extra Christmas bonus next year. Let's start with CW. Morse Code Club lifts its profile. The call sign VK2FDU for Fists Down Under has been on air for six months with it operating portable by members who've had a lot of fun. So far it's been activated in VK2, 3, 4 and 5 on a roster basis, usually every week with nine people so far taking up the offer. The same VK2FDU callsign program will be used in 2017 and roster slots are available. Maybe the club's other callsign, ZL6FF in New Zealand, will join the move. The Fists Down Under Club runs nets two evenings a week. The CW Net on Tuesday by Arthur, VK2ASB, and the QRS Net, the Slow Morse, on Wednesday from Gary, VK2GAZ. The Fists Code Made Initiative is available to help anyone learn or improve their CW skills. The URLs for more information is in the text edition of this broadcast from your WIA. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, the AO73 FunCube Holiday Transponder Operation. The AO73 FunCube plan for the holidays is to switch to continuous transponder mode on Wednesday, 22nd December, and revert back to auto transponder switching on Sunday, the 8th of January, 2017. So have fun with this transponder. And to radio amateur young timers, the special call sign GB16 Yota is on the air to introduce and promote amateur radio to young people throughout December. If you hear GB16 Yota on the air, please give them a call as you might well be giving a young person their first ever taste of amateur radio. 
Now to special interest groups, Lowdown. The Alexander Association has announced that it plans to have Alexanderson Alternator Transmitter, SAQ, on the air for its traditional Christmas Eve transmission. The 200 kilowatt Alexanderson Alternator will transmit on 17.1 kilohertz on the morning of Christmas Eve, December 24th, starting with transmitter tune-up at around 0730 UTC. Christmas Eve activity will also take place on amateur radio frequencies from SK6 SAQ on or about 7.035 and 14.035 MHz, CW of course. Still low down, but not quite as far as 17.2 kHz, is a spot on 486 kHz worth trying for. Brian Justin, WA1ZMS of Virginia will once again put his 600-meter experimental station on the air for a Christmas Eve commemorative transmission. The transmissions from WI2XLQ on 486 kHz will mark the 110th anniversary of Reginald Fessenden's first audio broadcast on the airwaves. Historic accounts say Fessenden played the violin, or a recording of violin music, and read a brief Bible verse. It's been reported that other radio experimenters and shipboard operators who heard Fessenden's broadcast were astounded. For his transmitter in 1906, Fessenden used an AC alternator modulated by placing carbon microphones in series with the antenna feed line. Now that's all I have. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Who listens to radio? That go where you go, medium called radio. VK4, pick the kilo, X-ray, Toowoomba. K4FKDB. VK4, November Delta Yankee, Toowoomba. Well, that takes us almost to the end of WIA National News for this Christmas Day 2016. We'll leave you with news supplied from Germany of an Australian field day coming up at Wyong, February 26. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Not only is it the largest gathering of radio amateurs in the Southern Hemisphere, it's also the field day celebrating 60 years of the Central Coast ARC. The CCARC will celebrate its anniversary later in the year, but as always, the first priority in the new year is the field day at Wyong. This year, the times have changed a little, so please make a note that the gates are open to the public at 8.30am, with traders and exhibitors allowed in from 7am to set up. Entry to the field day costs $10 per person, with those under 17 getting free access to the event. Something special in this anniversary year. Flea market sellers only need to pay the general admission fee of $10 per head, with no additional fees. So, if you want to finally sell all of that radio and electronics gear that has been cluttering up the shack for ages, load up the car or truck and head to Wyong on the 26th of February 2017. There will be the usual raffle with some great prizes again. This year we've even ordered some great weather. So, make sure your plans include a trip to the largest radio rally in the Southern Hemisphere on Sunday the 26th of February 2017 at Wyong Racecourse. Full details and undercover trader and exhibitor application forms are available at the usual website, fieldday.org.au. This is Ed, DD5LP, VK2JI, for the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. That's it!